The Vikings, they end the season on a down note, losing to Detroit 30-20. to Plenty to discuss, and we're breaking it all down next on the Lockdown Vikings Postcast. You are Locked On Vikings Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Vikings fall to the Lions 30-20 to today. They're officially booted from the 2023 playoffs. What's happening, everyone? Three-man crew today, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. Ron Johnson, he's on X, at 3 Ron Johnson. Host of the Ron Johnson Show right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. Luke Braun, host of the Lockdown Vikings each and every day. He's on X, at Luke Braun NFL. Before we jump into it, fellas, quick reminder, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Oh, you muted him. There we go. Back at it. Technical. <laughs> Live production, everybody. Live production. There we go. Hey, it's been that kind of 2023 season for the Vikings and ourselves. Quick reminder, though, this episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, boys. Lots to discuss and hit on in this one. We always start right here at the top, though. Ron Johnson, what's the headline read in tomorrow's paper? What's your biggest takeaway or two from what we just watched unfold? Uh, my first takeaway, I mean, I know this is not the Lions postcast, but Dan Campbell, you're almost an idiot for playing your starters. Yeah. <laughs> and losing Sam Laporta seems like. Uh, Myra St. Brown got hurt. Uh, Khalif Raymond got hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just could have got worse and worse. Jared Goff took a big hit. I mean, it could have been catastrophe level mistakes by Dan Campbell. From the Viking standpoint, honestly, uh, I think the headline is I'm glad it's over. Uh, when you look like when you look at the quarterback situation and just unfortunately, like some of the throws, Nick Mullins, like his receivers have PTSD when you think about the flea flicker. And Jordan Addison slowing down because he remembers the week, uh, the last time he had uh, Mullins in there starting and he threw under through the ball uh, completely. And he's like, oh, he's probably going to underthrow this one. Let me slow down maybe just in case. Mm-hmm. PTSD, receiver PTSD. So it's one of those things where it sucks to end the season this way, but it's kind of like, all right, let's let's start getting ready for this draft. Yep. No, you're right. Same question, Luke. Just biggest topics on your mind right now. Knee jerk reactions after what you just saw. Uh, it's a merciful end mm-hmm. to a season that had just fallen apart. Um, I mean, look, they went ultimately, I think, three and six without their starting quarterback, three and seven without their starting quarterback. Yep. They won three games, the two Dobbs Sanity games and the Vegas game. And then they lost everything else without the back without Kirk Cousins in. Um, other teams did better with their backup quarterbacks. I have a lot of really serious questions about Kevin O'Connell. I'm not going to say fire him after two years. It's too much. But uh I think that there were a lot of things that were poorly handled. And to be honest, it looked like the Vikings went down without a fight. They were, they didn't have the same energy. The lions had, they didn't have the same energy. The Packers had, they got smoked twice with a chance to still a chance to make the playoffs. Even though I know everybody wanted draft position, everything like that, but the team's not going to think that way. They're going to think, Hey, let's go control. what We can control. Let's try to win this game. Right. And let's, and they just come out so flat. It, It looks like the team that just, totally bought into its all its own doubts 
And I, I'm really disappointed in that. I'm disappointed in some of the coaching decisions, the back and forth at quarterback, the back and forth at running back. It just seemed like Kevin O'Connell didn't really have a lot of direction here. And I, I, I've got some questions about the direction of the team with him at the helm. Mm-hmm. You give him another year, right? But I honestly, if we're 0-4 next year, if we start 1-4 again, I'm going to start having some real thoughts. Yeah, I, I want to keep asking you guys both about Kevin O'Connell here later on, but but talk about Nick Cullen, or Nick Cullen, Nick, Nick Mullins, Cullen. right? I, I know he, you can't just take out the turnovers, right? Obviously, monster part of the game, but man, uh, another, you just look at the stat sheet, another commendable performance today, I guess, win 57 minutes, right, without a pick, ends up with two of the final three minutes, puts up almost 400 yards, two TDs again, and maybe most importantly, keeps Justin Jefferson happy, kept finding ways to feed him the ball. Talk to me about his performance, though, now that we got a little bit bigger sample size, and if, if he fits into the Vikings 2024 plans, in your opinion, because again, when he's not turning the ball over, sure. again, huge part of the game, dude can sling it. You kind of see what he's got. Uh, well, he's he, under contract. That's all I, like he, he, unless he doesn't make the team in camp or something like that, like he's under contract for like less than 2 million. So yeah, he'll probably be on the team. In I, I, I think about though, okay, if you are going to draft a quarterback and a lot of people want both, right? Sign Kirk, draft a quarterback. You got Jaron Hall back there as well. Feels yeah, like maybe a camp. potential odd man out there. Yeah. Yeah. Bring four into camp and cut one by the first or second preseason game. Yeah. Right. Ron, quick thoughts on uh, Nick Mullins, what you saw in this bigger sample size now? Move on. Um, done. I think he, I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's been serviceable. He reminds me of Chase Daniels, though, just a guy that just keeps getting opportunities. Um, hasn't really proven he can win games. He can sling the ball around, but so can a lot of other quarterbacks. I think uh, you, you have to pour, if you're going to go with your draft pick and Jaron Hall, you have to pour more into him, uh, help him develop a little bit more. Um, but at the end of the day, honestly, I think it's Kirk Cousins, $80 million for two years. You draft a guy, hopefully in the first round, and then you you play this two-year sit like Aaron Rodgers, like Jordan Love got to do, um, and then try to try to hopefully you you drafted the right quarterback for the future, whether it's uh, Daniels out of LSU, whether it's McCarthy out of Michigan, Bo Nix out of Oregon. I mean, it's got to be one of those guys out there. Other than that, Tom Brady's not coming back to Minnesota. You know, he's not coming back to the NFL. He's not going to Minnesota. Um, so I think we can stop this pipe dream or let's try to find one guy to take us all the way. Um, I wouldn't even be opposed to like a Carson Wentz backup situation. If Carson Wentz comes in as a backup, um, I don't know what he's, you know, what he's asking for, but you know, I think he's getting a shot today to play. So, yeah, I mean, you, you got to figure this out. But I agree with Luke. Bring a bunch into camp, and then let's see what happens. So yeah, if you can solve it with competition, I kind of always gravitate toward that. Yeah. But I think, like, if you think about the situation where you have, whether it's Kirk or someone else, and he goes down for two games, and you're just going to play, like, insane ball for three weeks, like, you can do worse than that at backup quarterback, right? Total. Oh, 100%. Definitely. And, okay, so, Ron, you're in the camp. All right, I want Kirk back. And I want to draft top 10 quarterback like a lot of people are. Luke, if you're running the show, right, you got the keys to the building, you're in the, the war room, what's your uh -oh. ideal situation look like versus what you actually think or predict will happen this offseason? So I have no prediction as to what's going to happen. I have no idea what Quasi is going to do. Um, I, I, I could give you a guess, but it would be a guess. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I would do if I had the keys to the building, um, first, I, I, I want to see what Kirk wants. I don't want to commit to him for more than a year because, I mean, he's at that point, he'll be, what, 37, 38. Um, one more year is a bridge to a rookie, but I want, like, the goal is to get the quarterback of the future, and that can no longer be Cousins. He's too old to be the future, right? He can be the guy for however much longer he's got gas in the tank. Um, 
but for me, I want the future in the building and a plan to make that work. Whether that is cut everybody, draft a guy, start him day one, you know, CJ Stroud this, or whether you want him to, you know, sit for a year and do what the Packers do and all that. I think that depends on the guy. I think some guys are ready and some guys need time. And I think that that's fine. Um, so I, I, I want to find a way to that. So that means we're trading up. If we're, if we're not trading up for a quarterback, we're hoping one falls to us or something like that. Move up with the chargers, the giants, uh, somebody up there, right? The Cardinals who maybe won't take a quarterback, um, move up with them and, uh, see if you can't get into the top five and get, you know, the guy you want, mm -hmm. uh, and identify your dude, whether that's Caleb Williams or Drake may or Penix or Jaden Daniels, identify your guy and then do what it takes. Ron, everyone just assumes like the conversation starts at, do we want to bring back Kirk or not? How much leverage though, do you think Kirk actually has now after seeing the difference in, okay, how we looked with and without Kirk under center? Because again, you look at around the league, the landscape right now, what over 60 starts by backup quarterbacks throughout the league this season. Uh, he's going to be a wanted man, even with the injury and maybe he can't pass the medicals in March and all this and that. But do you think he's actually got more leverage than people are giving him credit for? Yeah, I mean, there's some wild accusations out there. I mean, if you think about Adam Thielen with the Panthers, you know, are the Panthers completely sold on Bryce Young? Uh, when you look at the Commanders, do the Commanders think Sam Howell's the answer? Looks like they're about to get rid of their coach. Um, could B-Flo end up uh, taking Kirk Cousins wherever he goes mm. if it's to a place without a quarterback? Um, hmm. there, there's a lot of situations there that Kirk, I definitely think, is wanted. Now, there, he's also hated. Like, he's one of the most hated quarterbacks in this league. I don't know why. Uh, he's one of the most hated people in, in the world when it comes to quarterbacks. It's, like, literally, um, like, hot and cold. Like, it, you, it's like Romeo and Juliet, the two families. Like, one side loves Kirk. The other side hates Kirk. It's like a world war, a world war uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to who likes Kirk Cousins. So, yeah, I think he's wanted. But also, you know, the age is always going to come back to the age. What, and then what does he look like off his Achilles? You know, we're, we're all assuming he's going to be normal, but will he actually be completely ready to go? Yeah, I just think about teams that are ready to push all the chips all in. They just feel like they're one quarterback away. Kirk Cousins, one of the ideal candidates there. So I just think that maybe Kirk has a little bit more leverage than people are assuming or giving him credit for. Um, think all the way back to training camp, right? Preseason and your opinions, what you thought of the team from what you saw, this and that. What's one thing now that the desk has kind of settled on this year, this 2023 season that surprised you the most about this team for good or bad? One surprise for good, one surprise for bad. Luke, we'll start with you. Just how sloppy they were, especially in situational football. Yeah. For the, for Kevin O'Connell made such a big deal out of situational masters. And you kind of thought, okay, that is something that he's this always going to spend thing. time yeah. on. This is going to be their thing. And I, I, my goodness, how many times did they get, you know, a bad procedural penalty, uh, you know, third and fourth downs not managed properly, field goal situations not managed properly, special teams gaps. I mean, their heads were just in the clouds all season long, and it wasn't the backups. It wasn't, you know, Brandon Powell making these mistakes. It was the offensive linemen. It, it was it was horrible. Um and that really, really sticks with me because I was supposed to be their thing. That that really surprised me. But honestly, going into this season, I had no idea what to expect from the Vikings, um, because you can't really know what to expect from from Kirk Not Cousins, right? He'll have yeah. his peaks, he'll have his valleys. What's going to happen? Maybe it'll even out, and they'll land somewhere between seven and ten wins. That's just going to be the way the Vikings always are until they 
until the next build truly takes hold. Yeah. Ron, one surprise for good, one surprise for bad. Um, oh, so surprise for bad for me. Um, mm. I said, so my surprise for good, I was, mm -hmm. I was very surprised. Uh, this Brian Flores defense, you know, like this, the blitz sure. rate, honestly, like I just, in my mind, I'm like, these quarterbacks are going to kill him. And honestly, up until the last four weeks, and there is a correlation though, the last four weeks, the Vikings have had the sixth, sixth least amount of plays run in the last four weeks, not count this week. 308 plays. That was the sixth least. So with offensively. So what does that mean? They're putting their defense back on the field way too much. Third down conversions. They were uh, in the bottom. They were like 27th, I think, in the last four weeks. Brian Flores, on the other hand, 27th on uh, first downs and uh, uh, touchdowns converted. You know, and there was a lot of that's in the last four weeks. So before that, though, he was trending upwards. His, his, his points given up still pretty decent. Um, so I was surprised at that, like being able to get blitzed that much and still uh, not get completely burned every single week was very surprising um, for the good. Uh, surprising for the bad, honestly, um, mm, I, I'd say Jaron Hall. Like, like, I guess I was I was I thought I was hoping to get more out of him. And that's a small like disappointment, I guess. But after that Falcons game and those plays there, I just assumed when he was going to get his chance, he would have looked a lot better. And he didn't. Yeah, well said. All right, I want to talk about some more individual performances, and then we'll get back to that quarterback situation and what that looks like in 2024. But first, a quick word from our sponsors over at FanDuel. Quick reminder, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, new customers, you're getting $150 in bonus bets when you win just a $5 money line wager. $150 in bonus bets when you throw down and win just $5 on any money line wager. That means you could take the Cowboys over the Commanders this week, 13 and a half point favorites. You bet $5 on the Cowboys to win straight up. You could win yourself $150 in bonus bets back. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on all the action. The app, it's so easy to use, and they got everything you need. Money lines, parlays, prop bets, you name it, they got it. FanDuel's got everything you need to bet on the entire NFL season, and it's by far the easiest and simplest betting app to use. Go check it out for yourself. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today, America's number one sports book. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. <clears throat> how much does the rest of the division, when you look at the landscape of the NFC North and their foundations, right, dictate what Quasey should do, what direction he moves in? Because, you know, I, for one, I look at the lines. All right, set full a handful of years, potentially, right? Packers, youngest team in the league. They could sneak into the playoffs. Bears, okay, still the Bears, not great yet, but a lot of ammo. Number one overall pick, another top 10 pick, a lot of money. What are you going to get for Justin Fields? Uh, does that influence Quasey's decision or should it when it's it comes down to all right we got to push the chips and run it back with Kirk next year or maybe we take our, our time a little bit more and let these other windows in the division kind of slowly start to seep out Luke what do you think I hate this man <laughs> try to win <laughs> games it. Jesus like who cares are, are you are you telling me that the Raiders should just like pack it in for 10 years because Mahomes is in their division get out of here yep. no they should try to be good 
And I don't know what can be different between the Lions and, and Packers and Bears. I don't know what about them can dictate what you do. It's one thing when it's like, man, all of you know, all three of the other teams have really good offensive lines. We got to invest in D line, right? The Randy Moss effect. Everybody's mm-hmm. got to get corners because we got to play Moss twice a year. That kind of thing. I don't know if there's a Moss in this division, but the uh, come on, the idea that like, oh, the, the Lions look a little good. Maybe we should just quit for five years. Grow up, Ron. I like I like the temper tantrum. Um, <laughs> I hate it, man. Sorry. What, Go in and try to win. To, Nobody it, gets it, up at four a.m. to quit. Yeah, there's been man, some discussion. Deck, I'm done with it. There's been some discussion. I've seen some people on Twitter and what have you that say, you know what? Look at the rest of the division, the landscape. The right. the Lions are set. They're young. They got ammo. Okay, the Packers are the youngest roster in the league. The Bears they got the number one overall pick. They can get something for Justin Fields. All this and that. Why are we running it back now with Kirk and and kind of looking at this as like a do or die year or two in 2024 and 2025? Let me take a step back and rebuild it the right way for the long haul. Those are the kind of conversations people have been having. What's your take on that? Yeah, so if you look at the the teams that kind of were rebuilding, all got quarterbacks. You got Houston, mm-hmm. made the playoffs, but barely. You got the Colts. Um, same thing. They were playing Houston to try to get in it, but that's without Anthony Richardson. Maybe they Maybe they'd be better. Maybe they wouldn't. Who knows? You got the Panthers who are absolutely trash. Like they are horrible. Um, You know, when you have them celebrating their second win and you see uh, Instagram people, families of former Vikings talk about any win is a win. It feels like we won a Super Bowl getting our second win. Like that's not a franchise heading in the right direction. So is the answer to completely tear it all up and start over again? No. Um, I, I think a competitive rebuild. And the reason why is Justin Jefferson's window you still have a Jordan Addison who's under his first contract. You got TJ Hawkinson, you signed for big money. You have Johnny Munt that clearly can be used in this offense even more than he has been when you think about Hughes Check and George Kittle. Finding ways to get Johnny Munt involved a little bit more because clearly he is a third, fourth, fifth weapon option where you throw five wide out there. And then if they're, you know, not looking good, you bring them back in. Kirk Cousins. You know, that's the thing is how can they find a quarterback? You know, like if they were to go draft J.J. McCarthy, let's say with, with I think what they're going to jump to number nine or 12. Like what's what's going to happen now? Is it nine? Yeah, it could be 10th, 11th or 12th, depending on what happens with the Bears and the Raiders. Got it. So let's just say it's 10 with number 10. Uh, is J.J. McCarthy worth a 10th pick? I, I don't know. I don't feel like it. Um, you could look at some teams with two first round picks or maybe an earlier for, or a later first round pick. And maybe a second round pick, you know, like there are some things you could do with that 10th pick and find a team that wants it. But if you can drop back and get like a Kalen King out of Penn State cornerback, you know, you know, you, you got to look at your corners. Your corners were the problem today. Mm-hmm. They, that was one of your big problems today. Yes, we know Byron Murphy was out, but your corners are going to be a problem down the road. Can you go find is Kool-Aid out of Alabama worth it? I don't know if he's that like that high of a like worth that high of a pick. When you have other cornerbacks out there that might be just as good, you look at Joy Porter Jr. out of Penn State. Clearly, that 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 team and that defense has been putting guys out. There's a lot to think about, but at the end of the day, Kirk Cousins for two years, knowing this offense, knowing what they were looked like, they, what they looked like early on, other than the turnovers, all weren't Kirk Cousins' fault. Like there were fumbles, ridiculous fumbles, uh, just bad plays. That all should go away in 2024, but we just don't know. But no. I, I'm not for just tearing it all up and oh, I mean, like Luke said, I'm not gonna do the wine. But yeah, you're right. You can't just say because this this team is better or this team is stacked now and or the Lions look like they make control of the division for three or four years. No, that's not the case. 
the Vikings almost beat the Lions twice. So mm-hmm. they were right there with Nick Mullins and half the defense and half the offense out. And they were right there. They had Dan Campbell on the ropes twice. And Nick Mullins gave it away both times. I don't know. Maybe he wants to go play for the Lions because Teddy Bridgewater is retiring. So who knows? It's uh, the fact that one team went 12 and 5 and the other two teams went 500 is enough to scare you away from competing and say, maybe we should go into a long-term with your backup quarterback for years with your backup. If, if, if a couple of 500 teams and a, and a playoff team is enough to scare you, you're not built for this. This is not your sport. Go, go watch tennis or something. And as we've seen, anything can happen in this league year to year. So much can change after one off season. Right. Look at the Texans, right? Look at the Texans. That's a great example right there. What Houston's done there with D'Amico Ryan's any off season can, can flip things from worst to first and vice versa. Luke, but this is what pisses me off though. It pisses me off thinking about it. Justin Jefferson finished with 192 yards. Jordan Addison had some big plays. If you think about Kevin O'Connell's play calling to start the game versus later in the game, I don't really understand why early in the game he didn't want to attack vertical. Everybody talked about like, oh, start the game. Uh, who was it? The Jags or who? Somebody started their game the other day, this week maybe or last week. First play of the game out the gate was a deep ball. I think it might have been the. It was Jags. the Packers against us. Well, the Chris Packers Watson. did it against us, but I yep. think the yeah. Jags did it too. I oh, think, uh, oh, really? Trevor Lawrence did it out the gate, deep ball. Okay. Why not do that? Like, why not jump out the gate? So, you know, like I got, I got like a minute left, but that's what I don't understand. Why not start out the gate with going after them with Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison on verticals early and just see those corners aren't that good. They've shown they're going to give it up. They gave it up to Keenan Allen like that. That to me throws me off too. Yeah. To your point, Ron, KOC success rate last year on opening drives, one of the best in the league this year, obviously night and day difference uh, for the worse uh, kind of re- basically came back down to earth a little bit in a big way. Um, what I was going to ask, so Luke, you're the big cap guru. I would love just a quick refresher, like a primer on what this sure. cap looks like heading into March. And, you know, the two or three biggest names outside of Kirk Cousins and Daniil Hunter that we always talk about, that they need to make a big decision whether they bring yeah. them back or not. So they have to... Um... Th- those two are going to affect the cap picture a lot because mm-hmm. of the way that void years work. And for those who are unfamiliar, think of it um, think of it like a big slab of peanut butter on a piece of toast. And if you want to spread it out so it's you don't have to eat all that peanut butter at once, you can do that by extending the player. That's the quickest way I know to explain it. Um, so with both Cousins and Hunter, if they get extended, if they get another deal that deal will come at sort of a, a, a de- deferred rate, <laughs> maybe, where some of the dead cap, so if, if Cousins walks, he costs 28.5 million dead cap. Mm. And let's say he signs a contract that's worth $20 million just to make the number easy. He would actually have a $30 million cap hit in 2024. So he'd go from 28.5 to 30, and he would cost a million point five more. Now that means more would have to be paid in 2025 where there previously was nothing. And you got to pay off the rest of that and whatever is involved with the contract. And there's a lot more that goes on, but basically those two guys in a way, it makes them kind of easier to extend. If you wanted to, if you don't, they take a bunch of dead cap, which is already included in the figure, which is that they have, I think 30 some million in cap space off of the top of my head, 27 million functionally, because you got to set a bunch of side for draft picks and, you know, practice squad and all that stuff at the end of the off season. So they'll have some money to play around with and what they want to do with that is up to them. Um, Justin Jefferson is 
of, of course, the thing they got to get done, but extending him, he'll cost like 19 million next year if they don't do anything on his fifth year option. If they extend him, that number could go down because of the structure of the contract uh, and the signing bonus stuff that always happens with those kinds of extensions. So they can um, sort of manufacture more cap space while committing to guys like Cousins and, and Hunter and Jefferson if they want to. Uh, and I think with Hunter and Jefferson, it's a no brainer, right? Like if you're rebuilding, you want to rebuild around Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison, right? You want to build a team that maximizes those guys. If you're getting rid of those guys, what are you building? Right. Um, so that, that's kind of where I'm at. And then you've got some other interesting guys that are becoming free agents that, that are a little bit more, I mean, there's, they're, they're players who play a lot like Dalton Reisner, uh, or DJ Wanham. Like, what do we do about those guys who are all pending free agents? Will kind of be the next thing, but mm-hmm. you got to get the big names sorted out first because they will all sort of. That's determine. the domino effect. Yeah, yeah that, they will determine what you have to work with, and then you're looking at uh, what do we do with another interesting name, Josh Dobbs. I don't know if you bring him back either. Right. No, that's a good one too. Uh, so many different topics and layers and variables that are going to go into this off season, man. That I, you know we're gonna. Uh, deep dive into for the next four or five months. What's knowing all that, what you just said. And again, it, it depends on what they do with Kirk and, and Daniil, things like that. What's one non quarterback move or decision you want to see this team make from a front office lens, go make a splash in. If you were running the show as the GM this offseason, what what's at the forefront of your mind come March and April, you'd make a bold move or decision on. I'll leave it really vague because I think you can get this in a lot of ways. Yeah. A pass rusher, somebody who can sure. win one on one, whether that and in addition to Daniel Hunter. And if you let Daniel Hunter walk now, you need two, probably three, because I think what really killed that defense down the stretch was that they could blitz six. And if the offense got a hat on a hat, nobody could win a one on one was just Daniel Hunter, so frustrated, right? Yeah. Yep. Just Daniel Hunter. And he can't win every single rep. Um, nothing from your defensive tackles, nothing from the other edge spot, whether it was Wanham or Jones didn't get anything out of Davenport. That's a big bummer. Um, you need somebody who is a serious pass rusher. Go make a splash there. If you're not going to take a quarterback because you're deciding we're just going to do the cousins thing, or, you know, we're going to trade for somebody or something like that. If you're not going to draft a quarterback in the first round, then get a pass rusher. They need a corner too. Um, you know, they lost Byron Murphy and everything fell apart. So, and he's under contract for one more year. So no action needed there, but I, 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 you do need some more serious cornerback play, but I, I think the pass rush is a genuine emergency. Yeah. I think with, it was with the Neil Hunter leaving. They have their two. If they had to play a game in yeah. April, they would be starting Andre Carter and Patrick Jones. It's an emergency. Right. And, and you cannot be like, this is what I called corner last year was an yeah, emergency. Everybody you said you're being yep. too, you're, you're, you're being chicken little and the sky is falling. No, it isn't. They no. needed to be more serious about you need more talent and look at what happened at the defense in, in yeah. December. Yeah. A scheme can Almost only like those guys so many things. Absolutely. I think it was Brett Collum and elite NFL mind tweeted out. He was talking about the number one defensive tackle in this year's upcoming draft from Illinois. Newton, just a monster, big mm. a pass rushing nose tackle. You don't see those very often, but he tweeted out Vikings have the worst interior pass rush from their defensive tackles in the league this season so to your point absolutely anybody who can rush the passer we need them we want them uh i got two quickies to close here right after tell you about lockdown sports minnesota 
Quick reminder, when you subscribe to Locked on Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts, Sam Ekstrom and Ron Johnson. They're talking football every Tuesday on the Ron Johnson Show. Ben Beacon talking T-Wolves on the Locked on Timberwolves. Myself, Jack Borman, giving you instant analysis, immediate reaction, following every Timberwolves games on the Locked on Wolves postcast. Subscribe to the free Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast. Drop us a five-star review or Find all our videos on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel and find all our daily shows for free at your fingertips any day, anytime. Like and subscribe to get in on all the action. Okay, you kind of teed this one up to start. I wanted to save it for the very end. Here you go. Final 2023 grade on KOC. What you loved and what really grinded your gears this year for a head coach who, you know, let's be honest, call a spade a spade. He was put in a lot of tough spots this season in year two, but didn't always deliver like like we thought he would. You know, you know how much I hate grades. Y'all keep making yeah, me that's do right. grades. Okay. I'm not going to say letter. Whatever you want to do. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do a number. I'm not going to do a letter. There's two major summarizing thoughts about Kevin O'Connell that I think people should have in their brains. One, excellent schemer. Did a really cool job of scheming. Um, was very flexible with his offense. He installed zone read when it was Josh Dobbs. He decided to throw deep all the time when it was Mullins because that's what Mullins wants to do. Like he changed the scheme and he tried to change the scheme for Jaron Hall. It didn't work, but at least it wasn't. I and mean, he did not just say, okay, go be Kirk Cousins to a bunch of quarterbacks that didn't have that skill set, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think credit for that as a schemer, really sick, right? And that's what got him the job in the first place. As a head coach, boy, do I have some questions. The sidelines were disorganized. The the huddles were disorganized. The line of scrimmage was disorganized. The play calls were too long. That was a huge thing that that multiple quarterbacks complained about, Mm -hmm. that the play calls were so long that it was hard to get them out in time, and it was hard to get them right, so guys would mess up. Um, Miscommunications across the offensive line were really frequent. Their D-line coach left in the middle of the season. There was a lot of turmoil, and that was not an organized entity of football and it showed in the the wasted timeouts for dumb reasons and the the close game losses that came down to some dumb mistake you know the thing we would argue about all week it was a disorganized season and that is on coaching that is on the head coach so uh, he is not beating the great offensive coordinator not great head coach allegations uh but that said two years is too soon to you can't go 20 and 14 and get fired off of that or anything like that. So I think people calling for Kevin O'Connell to be fired is, is a lot. I think you you just need to learn how to uh, criticize someone without calling for their job, but mm-hmm. we can criticize Kevin O'Connell. It's just too much to call for his job. Uh, one word, Brian Flores back in purple next season. No, I don't oh, know. I, I have no idea. I like I, you okay. made me do hey, one word. Hey, we're just having I have fun. no idea. We're just having fun. It's, I have right. no idea. it's been a rough Here. year. Hey, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, go ahead. Yeah, let me let me at least explain myself. The so I kind of think that the meltdown at the end of the season should throw teams off the scent a little bit. I don't think it will. I agree. I his, his reputation is already a little bit set in stone. So that's why I say no. Um, but we'll see. Right. Right. Yeah. The right opportunity still has to come up. He can get offers from four different teams and say no to all of them. He's done that before. Can you can you imagine him going back to New England, take over and fill Bill Belichick's shoes and taking Kirk Cousins with him? Oh, my God. I could, although Ooh. it sounds like that's going to be Gerard Mayo. Yeah, it does. You're right. Uh, odds on in Vegas. We were looking at the odds. Yeah. I think you're right. Mayo's got him uh, definitely by a little bit. Um, 
Who's one young guy, first, second, maybe third year? You, We all had maybe high hopes for it. Didn't live up to the hype, but you still believe in. You still think hmm. they need another chance or you're hoping takes another step in you know, their development, their progression this offseason that could still be a, a core piece to this nucleus. Oh, there's a lot of options. I mean, again, yeah. Brian Asamoah. Yeah, there's Caleb that whole Evans, 2022 class. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to freak out too much about the way a Caleb Evans ended the season. It was poor. Like, he missed tackles, he busted coverages and stuff, but everything was falling apart, and I kind of don't want to hold all of that on him. Uh, and he did a lot of really good stuff over the season, so maybe I'll say him. Um, with with Seen and Asamoah, I think tackling and, and like, misfitting runs and stuff is, is the reason for them not coming in and the idea of, you know, drafting a whole draft class for a Fangio scheme, then moving off that scheme one year is going to kind of put all those draft picks behind the eight ball. Agreed. So yeah. it's, mm -hmm. it might not necessarily be their fault, but it's also not something that gets fixed. Uh, so I don't know. I just, I, people get like really, really mean. <laughs> they do. <laughs> don't they? Need to chill out they a little do. bit. They do. All right. Have some fun with me. Last one here. The Minnesota Vikings select who with the 10th, maybe 11th pick. We'll find out by the end of the night. Who do they select? If they select anybody right there, maybe they're wheeling and dealing. Hmm. Just, just maybe a I've, guy that top of your, you know, forefront of your mind. Who do you think? I have watched one player in this NFL draft, and it's Caleb Williams, who will probably go first. So, ask me again; I'll have a more serious answer for you. But I don't know. I heard people say Jaden Daniels looks like he he could be good, so I'll go with him. But I have not watched a snap of his. Did I've, you I've watched no LSU? That's fair. That's fair. Again, four months to do all this and do a deep dive on all the rookie uh, draft class here coming up. Did you see the Brett Coleman interview where he supposedly said that he knows somebody who said the Vikings were willing to trade all the way up to go get mm -hmm. Anthony Richardson. Do you mm -hmm. believe that? If so, does that give you a little bit more inkling or tend you to believe that, okay, maybe they're willing to package up to get into the top three this year then, if they were thinking that? I'm not a reporter. You're right. I don't, I don't have sources That's on this, but I will say it wasn't a very big secret. It wasn't much of a secret. Uh, everybody was saying that at the time that they were trying to trade up, that they were going to maybe get up with the Cardinals betting markets were even reflecting it. It was getting weird for a while. My understanding based on information that actual reporters sourced. So don't credit me here uh, is that they were willing to beat the Trey Lance package to move up to number three. Uh, but the Cardinals didn't want to go past six because there mm, were three players sure. that they actually wanted. One of them was Paris Johnson. So they didn't want to go down that far. And they found a way with the Texans to trade down and then back up so they could stay where they wanted to be. Um, and they weren't able to do that with the Vikings. So they said no. So for all of your angst about not having Anthony Richardson, which would have been awesome. I loved him. Quasey loved him. Kevin O'Connell loved him, which is also apparently Jaden Daniels pretty close to him, right? Yep, uh, yep. it's same, same kind of vibe, uh, for all of your angst, please point it at Monty Austin Fort in the Arizona Cardinals. It is his fault. <laughs> You're not wrong, man. You're not wrong. Yeah. It's, it's going to be wild. We got to get out of here. You know, we're going to deep dive into this for the next four months. We're going to talk about it tomorrow on the Minnesota football party with Sam Ekstrom and Arif Hassan Vikes though. They end the season with another loss, lose of the lines, 30 to 20 officially booted from the 2023 playoffs. We'll find out by tonight if they'll have the 10th, 11th, 12th pick in what will be and excited and nonetheless a dramatic offseason, I'm sure. Huge shout out to everyone who joined us in the postcast and in the comment section and everybody who just stuck it out with us for this 2023 season. Another reminder, make sure 
to like and subscribe to the channel so you catch all our shows. That's going to do it for us, though. Follow us on X at Luke underscore Spinman, at 3RonJohnson, at LukeBronNFL. For Ron and the two Lukes, wishing you guys a safe and happy offseason. Until next time, signing out. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.